just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. We're headed into the first full work week of 2022. And when I say that, I'm talking more specifically about Congress. For the last couple of months, with all the holidays we've experienced, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, they're always taking breaks, a week here, two weeks there. It's been very difficult for them to get together long enough to actually accomplish anything. But now that's all behind them. They've got the first full week of 2022, and they need to hustle things up. As I told you in the previous podcast, this is going to be a wind sprint for the Democrats from now uh, to November of 2022 when the midterms come around. It's going to be an 11-month sprint. They've got a lot to get done. They've got to get the voting rights bill passed. That will probably be the first thing. They're going to have to get the Build Back Better bill passed. Economy is great right now, but in order to keep it that way, that Build Back Better bill will have to be passed. And you can guarantee that they'll be working on that pretty quickly. The other thing we've been hearing about is that a lot of the evidence that has come into the House Select Committee regarding the insurrection on January 6th is going to come out to the public more now that we're in 2022. We understand that there'll be some hearings on television at prime time, many hearings on television at prime time. That will be interesting to watch because then the general public will be able to see all the things they've found. They've interviewed 300 people. Yeah, sure, there's some people that haven't been willing to testify, and they're going to go through whatever they go through, but there's a lot of information out there. In fact, Liz Cheney, Representative Liz Cheney, a Republican who was on the House Select Committee, announced today that the House Select Committee has a first-person witness that says Donald Trump was relaxing in the dining room of the White House watching the January 6th insurrection play out on television. And he was doing it kind of gleefully. And he was chowing down on fried chicken and no doubt Big Macs, because that's what Donald Trump does. He was watching the insurrection because he wanted the insurrection to happen. He knew that was the only way he was ever going to be put back as president. So he was happy about all the violence, all the injuries and death and the desecration of our U.S. Capitol. He was happy about that, and he was enjoying watching it. Now, while the time he was in the dining room, there were a number of people who came from his administration and said, Mr. President, you must do something. You must say something to stop this. It's not any better for us than it is the people out there involved. You must say something. Donald Trump did nothing. We now know that Ivanka Trump came in twice into that dining room and asked her dad, Dad, we got to do something. You got to say something. You got to stop this. And each time, Donald Trump did nothing. 
And then we hear that Mark Meadows was receiving all kinds of texts from people in Congress in the U.S. Capitol while the insurrection was going on. They were scared. They were desperate. And they were asking Mark Meadows to get Donald Trump to do something to save them. And all the while, Donald Trump did nothing. Now, here's what you have to understand about a president of the United States. At their inauguration, they take an oath. And part of that oath says you must protect the Constitution. And he agreed to that. Well, when you send a horde of people, domestic terrorists, to the U.S. Capitol to disrupt a legal constitutional event like the certification of the votes from the election, that is contrary to protecting the Constitution. That is the exact opposite. And then when you incite these people to break into the Capitol to cause damage, to injure people, to kill people, to urinate and defecate in the Capitol, that also is not showing any kind of protection of the Constitution. Now, whether you want to believe he sent them there or you don't want to believe it, it doesn't matter. Because as he's sitting in that dining room in the White House, his job, his number one job is to protect the Constitution. His job is to do something, say something, send somebody over there. But we know he didn't say anything until it was pretty much over. We know he did whatever he could do to hold back the National Guard to stop this. This wasn't all coincidence. This was all planned. And we're hearing more about that coming out of the House Select Committee. What Liz Cheney told us is pretty damning and pretty much solidifies the fact that Donald Trump is a treasonist, a seditionist, a criminal. He broke his oath to the United States of America by not protecting the Constitution. And if you think that's going to be unnoticed and he's not going to be held accountable for it, you're mistaken. Liz Cheney said, um, Republicans must choose between Donald Trump and the truth. And that says a lot. If this Republican Party hopes to remain intact they got to make a choice. And they got to make the choice of truth because Donald Trump will be swirling the toilet bowl sometime soon. Now, people will always say to me, oh, nothing will happen to Donald Trump. Nothing ever happens to the president. And I've said this to you before. Yes, but we've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen a president try to overthrow our government, overturn an election. That has never happened before. So to suggest whatever's happened in past history is going to give us the answer today is ridiculous. This is egregious. This is unbelievable. This should never happen in this country. And people are very concerned about the prospect of it happening again, say, come 2024. So something does have to be done. The House Select Committee is going to be their own little mini-series between now and November of 2022. And don't think they didn't plan it out that way. People forget things. People disregard things. 
So they need this to be the topic of conversation every day between now and 2022 in November. So people remember, see, people see exactly what happened, who is responsible. And people are pretty nervous in Congress right now. You see, um, the DOJ is taking this pretty seriously. They're taking it very seriously, as a matter of fact. The DOJ put out a press release yesterday promising to hold accountable everybody that was responsible for the Capitol attack. Now listen to that. Promise to hold accountable all those responsible for the attack on the Capitol. Now here's what you may or may not know. The perpetrators of this crime, the domestic terrorists that charged the building, 725 of them have been charged. Now, there's more to be charged, I'm sure, but 725 have been charged. The question is, if 725 have already been charged, why would the DOJ put this out, promising to hold accountable all those responsible for the attack on the Capitol? That is a signal. That is a point that they're making. Because there is more than the perpetrators of the actual act that are responsible for the attack on the Capitol. And that's what they're acknowledging. There are those people that planned it, facilitated it, helped it, gave aid and comfort to the people who did it. And we're talking about sitting members of Congress. We're talking about the President of the United States. So the DOJ has been very clear that they plan to push forward and hold these people accountable. And that's what's going to happen. Again, don't try to compare this to Watergate because it's not even close. Watergate, Watergate is a pimple on a gnat's ass compared to what happened here on January 6th. And that's just part of the problems that Donald Trump is in, but this one is a big one. Because it put our democracy at risk. The DOJ understands this. Merrick Garland understands this. And he knows something needs to be done. So they're not responsible for another attack on the Capitol that may be successful. I know Merrick Garland is one of these people that doesn't like to do political moves. And he doesn't like to act like he's partisan in any way. And, you know, I can respect him for that. So when it comes to prosecuting senators or whatever for whatever reason, he may shy away from doing that because it might look political. This is a far different situation because Merrick Garland is caught in the middle here. As much as it may look political or partisan by prosecuting those sitting members of Congress or even Donald Trump, by doing nothing, that is also politically problematic. And it also puts this country at risk for yet another attack down the road. Now, as much as Merrick Garland wants to be careful about who he prosecutes, he also understands the danger that this country is in if he does nothing about it. 
The next 11 months are going to be crazy when it comes to the insurrection. We are going to see a lot of shit. We are going to see interviews on television. Every day, somebody's going to come out from the select committee and give us some new evidence or some new information. They are going to control the narrative for the next 8 to 11 months. So everybody's clear about what happened, where it happened, when it happened, and who did it between now and November 2022, the midterms. That's the strategy here, and that's what they have to do. Politically speaking, they've got to keep the noise up. So when people go to the uh, voting booth, they have to think twice about who they're voting for. Are they voting for an insurrectionist? Are they voting for somebody who is... uh, Working against this country? Are they dealing with a situation that puts this country in danger? They may be Republican all day, but they may not agree with that far-right attitude and putting this country and democracy at risk. So they got to keep that narrative up. They've got to keep talking about it. This information that Liz Cheney put out, if she's got a witness to Donald Trump doing exactly what they said, that in itself is a crime. He took an oath to protect the Constitution. What he did by sitting there was the exact opposite of protecting the Constitution. Now, whether he incited or planned it or did anything, that's beside the point. The fact that when the problem was in front of him and he did nothing, that in itself is a crime. And those people that came to him begging him for help, they were criminal too. The reason it got this far, the reason it happened is because of the groundwork that all these people sitting in Congress did. I mean, we're talking about tours. We're talking about communications. We're talking about maps and help with where everybody is. That's what the sitting members of Congress did. Now, these people have to be exposed for that. They have to be brought to light because those people are a danger to our country. Not just the Democratic Party, but our country. And so our House Select Committee has been doing a great job. We haven't heard a lot of what they've done because they've done 300 interviews behind closed doors. And the reason they do that is because they want to get their shit in order, to put it bluntly. They know that Americans need to hear it, but they need to hear it in a certain way, whether it be chronological or just logical. They've got to deliver to them in a way they will understand and in a way they will remember. So that's what they're doing. They're gathering information, putting it together. They're talking about doing a presentation in the summer. That's interesting, isn't it? If they do a presentation in the summer going into the fall, That timing works out pretty nicely when it comes to the election in November of 2022. They want all this bad information, this horrible shit that went on fresh in people's minds when they go to the voting booth. And it's unfortunate that they have to do that because people in this country, I've said this before, I'm really disappointed, I'm upset, I'm appalled. (laughs) 
by the level of stupidity by a large amount of people in this country. Donald Trump kept doing bad thing after bad thing, and you forgot about the first bad thing and were worried about the current bad thing. And then everything goes by the wayside, and he slips through it. Well, not this time. This is a boundary that should never have been broken. Yes, he's upset because he lost the race, but there is no evidence of any election fraud. There never was. There never will be. And so he did everything he could to try to change the narrative there and change the situation so he could put some question in people's minds about the election. Remember what he said to to the DOJ? Tell them that there is election fraud. And they said, well, there is no election fraud. Yeah, I don't care. Just tell them there is, and I'll take it from there. Because you see, that's what Donald Trump specializes in. Controlling the narrative, creating chaos, and saying the same thing over and over again until people start to believe it. Donald Trump's in a much different situation right now. He doesn't have the platform or the power that he once had. The people in Congress, the House Select Committee, Joe Biden, they have the power now. Now this information is going to come out and be available to all of us so we can make some choices and we can understand just how bad it was. And this is where Donald Trump falls. Now, When you're dealing with a personality like Donald Trump, a narcissist, a pathological liar, whatever, this is always where it comes to. They can bully, they can lie, they can gaslight for a long period of time, but they can never do it forever because they make mistakes. They're not very bright. They get so arrogant, they think they can do anything, and then finally they get caught. Then the spiral starts ultimately to the crash. Now, when you're talking about Merrick Garland and the DOJ talking about holding everyone accountable that was involved in the Capitol attack, he's talking about Donald Trump. He's talking about the sitting members of Congress. He can't help but hold them accountable. If it's very clear that Donald Trump didn't protect the Constitution, was part of the insurrection, he can't help but indict him. Now, whether that means he goes to jail or not, who knows? But he needs to be indicted. He needs to go on trial. He needs his life and his business ruined. And he needs to be left with the rubble he created after it's over. And that's what I foresee happening. It's one thing if he took money under the table or lied to somebody or did something. That's one thing. But when you actually go to try to overthrow this country, well, that's a bridge too far. You can't get away with that. Even Merrick Garland knows they can't let him get away with that. They can't let the sitting members of Congress slip by this. It's not that they wouldn't let a president or members of Congress slip by with something, but this is too big. This is too important. And this could happen again. So Merrick Garland can't help but do something and hold these people accountable. This is where Merrick Garland will make his mark. I know people have been upset with him. I've been upset with him because it doesn't appear he's doing anything. 
But it doesn't matter because when all this comes out, whether Merrick Garland is investigating it now or not, Congress will send a referral to the DOJ. And the DOJ has to respond to that. And if someone obviously committed treason or sedition and he sends and the Congress or the House Select Committee sends it to the DOJ, they need to act. And if they don't act, there is going to be a shit show of heat coming down on them. So even if Merrick Garland doesn't want to do anything, he's better do something because he'll go down in history as the biggest loser in this country in history. So. I want, you to, I want you to be comfortable with that. I know a lot of people worry that no one's going to be held accountable and it will just slip by. Well, everything I see right now says otherwise. We're seeing information coming out. We're seeing evidence that says Donald Trump committed a crime and everybody around him helped him in that criminal act. That you can't take back. We can only assume that what comes out in the future, is going to be even worse, even more specific to what Donald Trump or the sitting members of Congress have done. So this is going to be the start of an interesting year. It's going to be a shit show for the Republicans because a lot will be exposed. And we just need to sit back and watch, and we need to react And we need to respond appropriately. If you're seeing Republicans doing things to harm this country, and you still think you want to vote Republican, you need to take a look at yourself. Because if you support people that want to take down this country, well, then you are the problem as well. And you are the enemy of this country. I'll be interested to find out how many Republicans want to side with a treasonist who want to be partially responsible or an accessory to taking down this country, taking down democracy. It's going to be a hard choice for them because they're going to have to live with it after the fact. They've stuck with them this long, but now's the time you're going to see the rats jumping ship. They aren't going to be very comfortable staying standing next to a man who's been exposed for the worthless criminal that he is. I know you don't expect anything to happen, but I'm going to tell you this right now. Some shit's going to happen, and it's going to be unprecedented. It has to be, because what happened, the crime is unprecedented in this country. Just wait. Just watch. Pay close attention. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Well, as much as I do a podcast... I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts, different kinds of podcasts. My wife is, of course, very interested in those murder podcasts, you know, the ones, Dateline and the like. And I got to be honest, they are kind of entertaining once you start to listen to them. I don't really have much choice because we're going to listen to what my wife wants to listen to. But once you do, you go, Jesus Christ, who would do that? The one thing I found out about the criminals on Dateline, dumbest human beings I've ever heard about. I mean, they do the most obvious things to get themselves caught. It's ridiculous. But I wanted to make a recommendation. My wife and I were just listening to a podcast that I found very interesting. 
The name of the podcast is American Radical. Just search that in whatever you get your podcast from, whichever app, and you'll find American Radical. Now, this is done by the guy on MSNBC. I can't pronounce his last name, but you know who I'm talking about. He's in his 40s. His name is Eamon. I believe he's Egyptian, but he's from America, grew up in Georgia, whatever. But he does this podcast, and it's very interesting. This podcast is about a woman who was part of the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Her name is Roseanne Boyland. Now, this is a very interesting story. Actually, when I first heard this story, I made a joke about it. And I'm not apologizing for that joke because the irony here is ridiculous. Roseanne Boyland came out of Georgia, went to the uh, U.S. Capitol, was part of the insurrectionist. She was pounding on the door with a bunch of people. And now the police came up and they sent out tear gas or whatever they sent out. And people started running away from the door. Now, as she's running away from the door, she falls down. And then a bunch more people come and they fall down and they're on top of her. She ends up being crushed to death or smothered to death or whatever. And she dies. She was a woman of like 34 years old, young woman. She was at the Capitol. She runs away like everybody else does. She falls down. Her compatriots fall on top of her and she dies. Now, the joke here I told was the irony of this whole thing is she was dressed as the domestic terrorist she was, but draped over one of her shoulders was a flag. It wasn't a Trump flag. It was that flag we've always seen with a snake on it. Don't tread on me. (laughs) She's wearing a flag, don't tread on me, and she gets trampled and smothered and crushed by her own fucking people. Now, that is ironic. That is justice, I think. Because, you see, as much as I've heard the story about this Rose Ann Bolin, or Boylan, I don't feel sorry for her. She was there trying to overthrow the government. And she doesn't deserve any sympathy, certainly none from me. But the interesting story here is the radicalization of Roseanne Boyland, which tells us a lot about the radicalization of all these other idiots. Interesting thing about Roseanne Boyland, uh, a few weeks before she was at the U.S. Capitol, she was kind of hated Trump. She thought Trump was a joke. But then she met up with some people online. They started talking about QAnon. She started watching YouTube videos, going down the rabbit hole of all the Democrats and all the movie stars being pedophiles. She went down that rabbit hole. She started believing it. And then all of a sudden, amongst her family and friends, she's posting all these things that were pro-Trump. Now, her friends weren't pro-Trump, and they're going, what the fuck are you doing? This is crazy. Now, from that point on, she got kind of sullen and quiet, and then she went off to Washington, D.C. with her newfound attitude and ended up dead. 
What I find interesting about this podcast and what you'll find interesting about it is how people who were once normal somehow changed 180 degrees and started believing the bullshit. QAnon plays a big role in this, you know. And it's funny, I didn't think about this till just recently. Before I ever got on TikTok or before I ever started doing the podcast, I was posting a lot of anti-Trump stuff on Facebook, doing some videos as well. Now, this is like 2000, I don't know, 15, 16, maybe just shortly after Donald Trump took office. And it didn't take long for me, actually, I knew before that this guy would be a fucking disaster because I understood his personality because his personality was very similar to my father's. So I knew what was going on, I knew what was to come, and I knew how it would end. So I was speaking out on Facebook about Donald Trump, the Trump administration, and all the crazy, stupid bullshit they were doing. Well, while I was out there, you're not surprised if I got a lot of people that were arguing with me about this. When this one couple came along on my page and started spewing this uh, where we go all, we go one, or something like that, and they were mentioning Q. Now, at that point, I'd never heard of QAnon, didn't know what it was. It just sounded totally fucking absurd. And they kept coming back and doing this and doing this and doing this until finally I blocked them because what they were saying was absolute bullshit, and I got tired of hearing it, and I didn't think twice about it. Then as the next couple of years come about, we start hearing more about QAnon. Then QAnon becomes a major force with all these Trumplicants. These people believe it. Now, I've run into people who will tell me stories that come directly from QAnon, and they're big believers. Man, they, they think anything that came from QAnon was real. And when they'd talk to me, I'd laugh at them because it was absolutely ridiculous. They'd be spouting all these conspiracy theories, and they would get mad at me because I didn't believe them. Not only didn't I believe them, I thought they were a joke, and I told them as much. Well, that doesn't go over too well when you tell somebody you're full of shit and you don't know what you're talking about. So we didn't get along too well. And I avoided talking to those people. But I got people like that in my own family which has caused problems, and I don't talk to them to this day. I have friends that I've known for decades that fall in line with this QAnon thing. And what I find so ironic about it is I've watched QAnon predictions since the beginning. Not one of them has come true. Not a single one. But somehow these people continue to believe. And then they tie it to Donald Trump. They create these crazy ideas like Donald Trump and JFK Jr. will take back the White House. Donald will be the president. JFK Jr., who's dead, will be the vice president. And then we're going to get all these other celebrities coming out and uh, showing that they're actually alive. They didn't die. And it's absolutely crazy. I mean, to me, QAnon seems like a couple of guys, and it sounds like it is, sitting in an office someplace and say, let's come up with the craziest shit and see if anybody buys it. Well, they're surprised to find out that everybody who follows them buys it and repeats it as if it's fact. It's fucking upsetting. 
It's disappointing and disconcerting to think we have that many people that are gullible in this country, that are stupid in this country, that are absolutely ridiculous. Then you have to wonder if there isn't some kind of brainwashing or some other technical term that's more specific. If people, a certain type of people, will grasp onto these things and believe it no matter what. I mean, how many times has Donald Trump disappointed people with lies and bullshit, but they still stand next to him? I mean, hell, he says, you got to get the vaccination. They boo him, but he's still their Lord and Savior. Nothing Donald Trump can do can sway these people. Donald Trump was very prophetic when he says, I could go down on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and still get elected. We all laughed at that like that's ridiculous. Turns out it's absolutely fucking true. And it's because we've got a group of people out there that just are so brainwashed that they don't know any better. So the bottom line is, what I would suggest to you is check out the American Radical Podcast. It's an interesting story, not just because of Roseanne Boylan, but because it really kind of tells us how things developed with these Trumplefucks, how they got to be where they are. And it's kind of disappointing in this country and in these people that that's all it took to get them to believe absolute bullshit and to do bad things to this country just because of the things they heard and they chose to believe. So I would suggest that you check it out. American Radical Podcast. Eamon, whatever his name is, from MSNBC is the host. They've got interviews with people, everybody from Trump LaFox to family members of Roseanne Boyland. It's an interesting story, and it says a lot about how we ended up with the kind of people we have now that are followers of Donald Trump, QAnon, and whatever the fucking else they are deciding to follow. American Radical. Check it out. Well, here's an interesting story. This is very interesting. You know Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is the governor of Texas. And oh, how he hates Joe Biden. How he hates the Democrats. He thought COVID-19 was in fact a hoax. He was dead set against mask mandates. He has been dead set against vaccine mandates, even though he's vaccinated. But he was against it. He was trying to stop them at all cost. And the only reason is, is because he felt like as long as he did that, he would keep Donald Trump's base on his side and they could count on them for votes in his next election. Well, with this Omicron variant, I've said before that it's sweeping throughout this country like wildfire. And I'm not the only one saying that. People have used that same term because that's exactly what's happening. I mean, it's spreading fucking fast. I think I read something that uh, the variant in Florida has increased by like 900%. The people in Texas are seeing it spread all over the state. Hospitals are filling up. Nobody can get in a hospital because their beds are full. So if you're in some other kind of problem or have some other kind of affliction and need health care, 
Well, you're going to be hard-pressed to do that because they're full of COVID patients, anti-vaxxed COVID patients. Now, George Abbott, did I say George? Greg Abbott. Who's George Abbott? It's somebody else. Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, while he hates Joe Biden and he thinks COVID's a hoax, well, guess what? Greg Abbott is now going to Joe Biden. Hat in hand, hand out. He needs money for Texas. He needs to hire more nurses and doctors. He needs more space because it's an emergency situation. It's a catastrophic situation in the state of Texas because of this hoax we know as COVID-19, or in this particular case, the variant Omicron. It's very interesting. And you know, the funny thing is, he's not the only one. DeSantis from Florida, people from Georgia, Arkansas, they all have their hands out to Joe Biden. They need money from the feds so they can survive this pandemic that everybody made fun of in those states and said that it wasn't anything. Now, Joe Biden's not like Donald Trump. Joe Biden will give all these people all the money they need. And the reason is Joe Biden understands what it is to be president of the United States. He is president for all people in this country, whether you're in a red state or a blue state. If there is an emergency, a tragedy, a national or a natural disaster, Joe Biden's job is to get those people in need help. And that's what he'll do in Texas and Arkansas and Alabama and Georgia and Florida. He will do that. Now, the interesting thing is uh, he's a better man than I. Because if I was president of the United States and Greg Abbott, who talked shit about me endlessly, ignored me, put his people in harm's way, if he came to me and I was president and said, hey, we need some money. I'd say, sure, I'll get you some money. I'll get you all the money you need. However, we have to cut a deal here. I'll get you the money, but this whole anti-abortion bullshit, that's got to go. Or how about this voter suppression laws? That's got to go. You do that, I'll give you all the money you need. Now, when I tell you this, it probably explains why I've told many people, I have no business running for any kind of office, because as my family and friends will sometimes say, Mike, we love you, but sometimes you're a fucking dick. And you know, sometimes in order to cut a good deal and to get what you need, you have to be a dick, and that's unfortunate. Some people want to avoid being a jerk or a dick. For whatever reason, it doesn't bother me in the least. I don't mind confrontations, and I don't mind holding people accountable. And that's what I would do to Greg Abbott. Now, Joe Biden won't do that. He knows better. And he's making the better choice by saying, here's the money. Let's get those people safe. That's his job. That's his job description, to take care of all people in this country. Now, I had Donald Trump been in the same situation, you can bet he would do exactly what I just said. Try to cut a deal, try to make a profit, try to benefit from getting these people money who are deserving of the money and shouldn't have to cut a deal. 
The only reason I would cut a deal with these people is because of how flagrantly oblivious and obstruction, obstructionist to doing the right thing. My goal wouldn't be to gain money or position or anything like that. It would be to make them pay the price for all the wrongdoings that they're doing to get them to change so more people could be safe, more people would have their rights to vote. So as much as Donald Trump would try to benefit himself, if it were me, I would just try to right some wrongs in order to get them the money. And again, (laughs) I'm not the president. I'll never be the president. And that's probably good. But something has to be done to stop all the other shit that's going on in these states. You act like a hard guy and you do all these things, you make threats, and then when you need help, you're crying and whining on your knees begging for help. Joe Biden's a better man than I or better man than a lot of us because they might do exactly what I'm suggesting. Joe Biden, as much as I would do it differently, I respect him. He's doing it the right way. He's doing what a president should do. And... uh, Those people in Texas that are listening here, you can trust that Joe Biden will do the right thing and take care of you. If you're in Florida, same thing. If you're in Georgia or Arkansas or wherever you are, Joe Biden will be there to help your state and help you just like his job describes or is described in his job description. He has to do it. That's what he should do. Now, if we could just get your governors of your states to do the same thing, do the right thing, be intelligent, decent people, but that's the problem. We have governors in this country that aren't fucking decent people, aren't very smart, and aren't very fair and don't care about you. So those of you that have voted for Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, or any of these other Republican governors, I want you to take notice of this. When it came down to the people in the state of Texas, let's talk about them specifically. When it comes down to the people in Texas and their well-being, Greg Abbott has never been there for you. He's been just the opposite. But every time, whether you voted for him or not, Joe Biden has been there for you. He will be there for you this time, next time, and as many times as necessary while he's in office. You can complain and whine about all the things the Democrats do, but just remember that. Who was there when you needed him? Not the guy you voted in. It's the guy you didn't vote for who was there to help you. All right, now as we're getting ready to wrap this up, I want to talk about one thing I find very interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been banned permanently from Twitter. And the reason she's banned, been banned from Twitter is because of all the lies and misrepresentations she's posted about COVID. They are lies. We all know they're lies. Twitter knows they're lies. And she wouldn't stop doing it. So they banned her permanently. Now, one thing you need to understand is that uh, she still has her professional account as Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. This was her personal account. 
Now, some people are suggesting that Marjorie Taylor Greene will lose her shit and even get crazier, and that's certainly a possibility. But you haven't heard that yet. Isn't that interesting? She hasn't been acting crazy, making threats, or doing stupid shit. She hasn't been doing that since they shut her Twitter account down. Now, she might go on her professional account, and that'll get shut down too, just like her personal one. But she's been fairly quiet. And the reason she's been fairly quiet is because she's got bigger issues to be concerned about. Her Twitter account is much smaller than some of her other bigger problems. We were talking about the House Select Committee. We're talking about the insurrection and those people sitting in Congress that were helpful to the insurrectionist. Well, she was one of them. She's seeing what's coming out of the House Select Committee and the information. The people will be exposed. It'll be on TV. Information will be leaked out almost every day, one way or another. And she knows it's going to all fall on top of her. She was part of the insurrection, an integral part of the insurrection, as someone sitting in Congress. So she's going to be exposed. She's in deep trouble. She's very likely to be expelled from Congress and then prosecuted on top of it, because what she did is treasonous. And so she's got a lot of bigger problems than Twitter accounts. And that Twitter account doesn't give her any power like it did Donald Trump. She's a joke, and people treat her as a joke. Only a, a few people believe her or think she's important. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The Twitter account was taken away. We'll see if she reacts. Now that we're coming back into the work week, she'll be back in Washington. If she was going to scream and get crazy, it's going to be this week. But I tell you what, even if she does scream about it or cry about it, it's going to be very tempered. It's not going to be as loud and 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 obnoxious as she would normally be. She knows she's got trouble. She knows she's in trouble. And she knows she's got a short time to be sitting in that seat in Congress. It's going to be fun watching Marjorie Taylor squirm as well as some of the other people. The information's coming out. It's very clear the evidence is there. They can't deny it. Their own people are talking about them. So they're in deep trouble. You're going to see a little quietness out of Donald Trump, too. He may try to go in and try to change the narrative, but he's too far gone now. He can't. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the exposure. He's just going to get buried now, just like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Paul Gosar, Matt Gates. All these fucks are going to get buried in heaps of evidence and witnesses that expose them for exactly who they are and what they did. So it's going to be fun watching this week what happens to MJT. Is that right? MTJ? No, MTG. Who fucking cares? She's an idiot. She has no business being in Congress. She has no power because she's been stripped of every committee assignment. She's a lump of shit in Congress. And unfortunately, we've got a number of lumps of shit in Congress. All right, let's get Congress back to work. Let's get moving. 
want to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast, you have questions, comments, complaints, send me an email directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.